Welcome to episode five of the HR Coffee Time podcast. In this episode, I'll be explaining how you can progress your HR career using something called the 3E model. And just to say, if I'm sounding a little bit strange, my 10-year-old son has uh, given me his cold. (laughs) So I'm sounding slightly horrendous today. I'm hoping that it isn't going to impact the podcast too much though. And it's a valuable lesson for me in being more organized so that I get these episodes recorded way in advance instead of leaving it until the day before they're released. (laughs) I really hope that you're going to find the episode today helpful. I think that the 3E model is a great one to know about because it can really help you to work out the things that are going to move your career forward so that you can achieve what you want from your career. And those things that do move your career forward are often not what you expected them to be. If we haven't met before, I'm your host, Faye Wallace. I created the HR Coffee Time podcast especially for you to help you have a successful and fulfilling HR career without having to work yourself into the ground. I'm a career coach and outplacement specialist with a background in HR, and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. And I decided to use this episode to focus on how to progress your career because I received a LinkedIn message from Helen who said it's a topic that should find helpful. So thank you very much, Helen, for letting me know. It's really important to me that this podcast is as useful as possible. So if you happen to be listening to it and you have got a topic that you'd like me to cover, please do get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. You can always reach me by emailing me at faye at brightskycareercoaching.co.uk or just connect with me on LinkedIn and message me there. Before I dive in to explain the 3E model, one of the biggest things that I hope you'll be able to take away from listening today is that you do have control over progressing your career. Even if at the moment you're feeling frustrated and wishing you were further on in your career, or you're bored at work and fed up that your organisation isn't being more proactive at helping you with your career, I promise that there is so much you can do yourself to progress and move forward. And once you realise that, it can feel really empowering. Often, I think the problem can be that you're just not sure what it is that will help you to make the progress that you're looking for. And I know it can feel especially hard to believe you can progress and develop if you're working in an organisation that has quite a flat structure or where it's unlikely you're going to get promoted because the person who is in the next role above you doesn't look like they're going anywhere. And that's one of the reasons that I love the 3E model. It helps to show you that career progress is about far more than job titles or formal structures and that there are loads of different ways you can take control of your career to develop and grow. So let's get started. If you've done much L&D work, you may have heard of the 3E model before. It's also called the 70-20-10 rule. The idea it's based on is that we learn and develop in different ways, with the three E's standing for experience, exposure and education. With 70% of our professional development coming from experience, 20% coming from exposure to other people, and only 10% of our professional development coming from formal education. 
So let's dive into each of these three E's in more detail. I'll start with experience, which accounts for 70% of our career development, so it's really important to spend some time thinking about this. On-the-job experience is the place that most of us develop our skills, which does make sense if you stop to think about it. If you're doing your job day in, day out, of course you're learning how to do it because you're immersed in it every day. But if you're listening to this episode, it might be that you feel you're not getting as much of the experience you want in your role as you'd like to. And if this is the case, it's a good idea to speak to your manager and make it crystal clear that you'd like to gain more experience. And when speaking to them, try to be as specific as possible. Tell them exactly what it is that you want experience in so that you're helping them to help you. If you just say, I want some more experience, it's vague and it can make it hard for your manager to figure out how best to help. But if you say, I'd really like to build up my experience around talent management, please can I be involved in any talent management projects that are coming up? You're making it much easier for your manager to know how to help you. So it's a lot more likely that you'll get the experience you're looking for. Now I've had several coaching clients tell me how frustrated they felt when their managers haven't arranged for them to get more experience when they have asked for it. And when we've delved into what's going on in a bit more detail during our coaching sessions, they've realised that they either haven't been very specific about what they want experience in, or they've asked once and they've not followed up again because they're worried about coming across as pushy. But of course, most of us are busy at work. So if your manager hasn't arranged experience for you, even though you've asked them once, please do ask them again. And perhaps this time, just make your request even more explicit. So going back to our example of someone wanting to build up experience in talent management, let's imagine that nothing has happened after their first request. They could speak to their manager again and say, I'd still really like to build up some more experience in talent management. I know you have a meeting about succession planning coming in. Can I sit in on it? But if you want to develop in a particular area and you think you're not going to be able to get the experience in your normal role because the opportunity isn't there, think of other ways that you can get it. So for example, using our talent management idea again, If you work for a smaller organisation where there aren't any formal things in place for talent management, can you suggest setting yourself a stretch assignment and ask for input into it from the relevant people around you? Now, a stretch assignment is a project or task that is beyond your current level of knowledge or skills. So that means it involves you doing something that you haven't done before. And a stretch assignment to do with talent management could involve all sorts of things, but some examples could be you might want to decide that you're going to research and make recommendations for setting up a leadership development initiative or a performance management system, or you might want to look at improving the recruitment practices of the company. There are so many different things that you could do. But if a stretch assignment doesn't feel like the right solution, Other ways of gaining experience can include getting involved in cross-functional projects. As HR professionals, it's so important to understand the organisation that you're working for. 
So volunteering to support a project that's taking place in a different department or that is taking place across different departments can be a brilliant way of building relationships and I'll talk a bit more about how important that is later and also developing a deeper understanding of different departments within the organisation as well as helping you to build your skills. So one final thing to mention before I move on to the second E from the 3E model is that of course your work isn't the only place where you can get experience. Now volunteering can be a great way of developing new skills. When I was thinking about making the move from HR into career coaching, volunteering as a mentor for a student at my local university was one of the things that helped give me the clarity and the confidence that I needed to be able to make the change and go for it. But I know a barrier for volunteering can be not really being sure or not knowing where to find volunteering opportunities that are going to be right for you. So most areas in England have their own volunteering hub, which is called Voluntary Action. So if you do a Google search using the words Voluntary Action and then add on the area you live in, your local hub should show up in the results pretty much straight away. So I'm based in Banstead in Surrey, which means that my local volunteering hub is called Voluntary Action, Rygate and Banstead. And I'm signed up to receive that email newsletter and it's always packed full of volunteering roles, volunteering training options and advice. But if you're listening to this podcast and you're based in Scotland, there's a different website, which is called volunteerscotland.net. And that one looks really helpful. If you're listening and you live in Wales, there's a site called volunteering-wales.net. And for Ireland, the main site is volunteer.ie. And they all look really good and brilliant starting points to try and find out about voluntary work in your area. And if you want to take on a voluntary role that's going to help you build your experience to get a board level role or a senior role, then you might also want to consider becoming a trustee for a charity, as that can be a fantastic way of developing some of those more senior level skills. And there are two sites in particular that seem worth taking a look at. One is called Trustees Unlimited, and the other one is called Getting On Board. So please do take a look at those. And if you decide to go ahead and put any of these ideas into action, I would love to hear about it. So please do let me know how you get on. But I'd better move us on to the next E. So now that we've taken a look at the first E from the 3E model, let's take a look at the second one, which is exposure to other people. And I think this is the one area that people tend to overlook but it can have a huge impact on your career. So I'd really like to encourage you to try to spend some time thinking about who it would help you to gain exposure to and learn from. Of course, you'll learn from the people who you interact with every day on your team, but where else can you find opportunities to learn from others and build relationships? Have a think about whether there are leaders or colleagues at work that it would benefit you to build a relationship with so you can learn more about maybe the organisation's needs, how it runs, or you can watch them handle situations that you find difficult yourself so you can learn from them and get ideas about how to handle those situations. Or it could be that 
the person you've decided to try and get exposure to might have influence over decisions that affect your career going forward. So it's a good idea to get to know them and just as importantly for them to get to know you. And mentoring is one obvious way to gain exposure to another person's ideas and knowledge. Have a look, is there a formal mentoring scheme in place at your work that you can tap into? If there isn't, is there someone you could ask to be your mentor anyway, who you really admire and think that you could learn a lot from? And again, with this idea of mentoring, if you like the idea of mentoring, outside of your organisation, there are loads of other places that you can turn to as well to try and find a mentor. And I thought it would be helpful if I mentioned some of the ones that I know about. The first one is that the CIPD runs a mentoring scheme that you can access completely for free through your local CIPD branch. You just need to make sure that you're a member of the CIPD to access it. Another place to look is a specialist HR recruitment agency called HR Heads. They run a free HR mentoring scheme. And Let's Talk Talent is a talent and organisational development consultancy that's about to run their HR mentoring programme for free for the fourth time. And I'm actually also looking forward to having their founder, the wonderful Jo Taylor, as a guest on the podcast in a few weeks' time, where she'll be sharing all of her ideas about succession planning. If you're looking for mentoring specifically to help you with your management or leadership skills, then the Chartered Management Institute, which is called the CMI for short, offers a free mentoring scheme to all its members. And in fact, the CMI has a lot of other excellent resources. It is well worth taking a look at. I've really enjoyed attending some of their events and talks in the past, and I've always learned a lot from them. But remember that you don't have to have a formal mentoring relationship in place to learn from other people. Just from spending time with and chatting to other people who work in HR or who hold key roles in your organisation can be really helpful. When we were talking through the first E, which was experience, one of the things I mentioned was joining cross-functional projects. That can be a great way to get more experience and also to build relationships and learn from other people, which can then help you to progress your career. And of course, there are also ways of gaining exposure to other people online as well. One of the big benefits of the digital age that we're all in at the moment. If you haven't already discovered it, the HR Ninjas is an absolutely fantastic Facebook group for HR professionals and it's completely free. It's one of the only reasons I'm still on Facebook <laughs> so that I can still see um, that group and be part of it. At the moment, there are about 14,000 members in there and it's a safe place to be able to ask questions if there's something HR related that you need advice with. A lot of helpful resources are shared in the group as well and you can learn loads from others in there just by seeing the questions that they're asking and the answers that are being given. But talking about networking and people and relationships and digital... I can't talk about all this without mentioning LinkedIn. LinkedIn is such a fantastic tool for building your HR network and learning from other people. 
I have learned so much and discovered loads of fantastic resources from other people sharing useful content on there. So it's worth spending some time polishing up your profile and connecting with other HR professionals and other interesting people on there so that you can see their posts, you can interact with them on LinkedIn and you can learn from them. And if you and I aren't already connected on LinkedIn, please do feel free to send me a connection request. It's always lovely to receive a request from someone who tells me they've been listening to the podcast. But moving on from that, we'll just take a quick look at another thing to think about, which is job shadowing, because that can be another great way of learning from others. So if there's a role you're interested in, perhaps you want to make a slightly sideways move, or you want to really build up an area of knowledge about a complementary role to what you're doing now, or you're thinking of having a complete career change and you don't have any direct experience of that role, arranging some work shadowing or grown-up work experience, as I like to call it, can be a really good idea. Because work experience doesn't have to be limited to when we're 16 years old. I cringe if I think back to the work experience I had. I remember I did work experience for a law firm and I was literally in a room on my own photocopying for a whole week. I thought, God, being a lawyer is so boring. All you do is photocopying. So <laughs> the benefit of being able to arrange work experience now <laughs> that you're a grown-up and have a bit more control and knowledge about the situation is that it's unlikely you're going to get stuck in the corner doing the photocopying. And you can arrange it for yourself at any point in your career. All you've got to do is just get in touch with someone who does the role you're interested in and ask them if you can shadow them or if you can help them out. And that might just be for a day or it could be for a few days. It's going to depend on how much availability you have. Now, you're more likely to get a yes if you ask someone you already know or if you ask someone who's connected to a good friend of yours. So that's where LinkedIn, again, really comes into play here. It can be such a handy way of finding the right people to ask as you can just go into the search bar that's at the top of the screen, search by job title, and it will show up any relevant people in your network who have got that job title. And if they have a little one next to their name, it means they're a first degree connection, which means that you've sent them a connection request and they've accepted it, or they've sent you a connection request and you've connected it. But really the beauty of LinkedIn is actually the second degree connections. So if they have a little two next to their name, that means you haven't sent them a connection request, they haven't sent you one. It means that you have a mutual contact in common that you're both connected to as first degree connections. So let's say I'm thinking that actually I really want to work in organisational development. So I type those words into the search bar on LinkedIn and it flags up a second degree connection, someone called Bob. I don't know why I always use the name Bob when I'm talking about examples on LinkedIn. So I look at Bob and I can click to see, okay, Here's a second degree connection, who have we got in common? So let's say I see we have someone called Fiona in common and I know Fiona really well. Well, I can just call up Fiona and say, oh Fiona, 
I'm really thinking about actually moving roles. I can see you're connected to Bob. Do you know him very well? I was wondering if you'd be happy to introduce me to him so that I can see if he'd let me just have a chat with him about his role and maybe even do some job shadowing or work experience. And Fiona's going to say, oh yes, Bob, that's my cousin. He's wonderful. Of course, he'll be happy to help. I'll put you in touch with him. Or if you're less lucky, she might say, oh, I don't really know him that well. So no, I probably can't connect you to him. Or she might say, oh, he's a bit of a, a tricky character. I don't know that you're going to want to chat to him. But whatever she says, <laughs> you're one step closer to being able to find the right person to help you. And hopefully she's going to say the first thing, which is, oh, yes, of course, he's wonderful. Let me set it all up. And of course, if Bob knows her well, then he's going to say yes. Because if we ask our friends for help, we normally know that they're going to want to help us. Just as if someone asks you for help, you're always going to be happy to help them. And with all this talk about LinkedIn, if you're actually listening to this and thinking, ah, oh, I'm not very confident with LinkedIn, I really don't like it, then please don't worry. I've got a popular LinkedIn course to help you. And I'm actually going to be making it available for free for a really short period of time. I'm going to release it for free on the 21st of September to anyone who subscribes to this podcast and receives my HR Coffee Time emails. So if you're not already subscribed to receive the emails, they're completely free. It's just an email that you get from me each week letting you know really that the podcast episode is out and I sometimes share other information in there as well to help you with your career. So if you're not already subscribed, you can just sign up, just go to my website, which is brightskycareercoaching.co.uk, and once you're on there, head over to the free resources tab, and you can either choose the HR Coffee Time podcast section or the HR resources section. Both of them have got buttons that you can click on to subscribe to get the emails. And that means that you're not going to miss out. You'll hear as soon as that course is live. Now, let's move on to the third and final E from the 3E model, which is education. Education only accounts for 10% of our career development, but it's often the first thing that people turn to, well, it certainly used to be the first thing that I used to turn to when thinking about progressing their career. So I hope that by sharing this 3E model with you, it's helping you to think about other ways of progressing your career without just relying on qualifications or courses or training. But having said that, although education only makes up 10% of your progress, it's still important not to ignore it and not to neglect it because it's what we learn through formal courses, through training, through reading, through events, through webinars, that we can then put into action and test out and really embed that learning with our on-the-job experience, which is the first E from our model. And then that can help us to develop and progress our careers, which means it can be a useful foundation to then build from and build on top of. I know that completing my CIPD Level 7 was a big help to my HR career and that the coaching qualifications I've gone on to do have helped me to develop my skills and my confidence as a career coach. So I'm so pleased that I have invested that time and effort and brain power and whatever into that training. But really, 
embedding the learning from that training has come by doing. So it's from then all the on the job experience that I've got. But I couldn't have necessarily built up the experience so effectively if I hadn't done the training in the first place. And if you're thinking of progressing your career through education, through this third E of the model, I know it can be hard to figure out what the best training is to sign up for. So for that, I'd always encourage you to just ask for recommendations, depending on what kind of training it is that you're interested in. And again, if, if you'd like to be ticking off the education section of this model without having to commit to anything too demanding, even signing up to webinars or attending a one-off event can be great ways of accessing new information and knowledge. And again, your local CIPD branch is one place to turn to for this. I really didn't used to make the most of my CIPD membership until I started working for myself. And I wish I had started attending their events sooner. I've met some great people at my local branch and I've heard some really good speakers through talks that the branch has organised. And other places to turn to which may run interesting or useful events and seminars include specialist HR recruitment companies and law firms that offer employment law services because they often run events especially for HR professionals because they know that HR professionals are their clients. So as a way of trying to show that they're adding value to their clients and build up their profile, they'll put on these really, really good events a lot of the time. So it's worth getting in touch with your local ones and seeing if that's something that they offer. And of course, since the pandemic, many of these are all online now, which means that you can attend them online instead of having to travel somewhere. So it's even easier to be part of them. Another thing to mention are HR memberships or HR clubs. Now, there's something that seems to be becoming quite popular. You tend to pay a fee to be part of them and then included in the membership are networking opportunities and learning events and there's often other benefits as well to being a member. I haven't actually been a member of any of these myself but they are something I'd like to do some more research into soon and if you've been a member and you want to share your experience of it with me I would love to hear about it. It's so great to get to know more about these things so that I can then talk about it with other people and with my coaching clients and I can talk about it on this podcast to help as many people as possible. So the ones that I have heard of so far but I haven't researched properly yet are called the HR Inner Circle and that's run by Daniel Barnett who I have heard countless good things about. I've never met him but I've heard a lot of good things about him. And then the other one that I thought looked quite interesting is called the Disruptive HR Club. And that's run by Lucy Adams and Karen Moran. I hope I just pronounced her name right. And if you're in a standalone HR role or you're an HR consultant who works for yourself, so perhaps you have your own HR consultancy business, then the HRI, which stands for HR Independence, is a membership organisation that you might be interested in taking a look at. They offer accreditation for independent HR professionals, as well as a huge wealth of resources and events. 
And the HRI was founded by Ruth Cornish and Katie McMinn. And actually with the HRI, I know one of their directors, Mary Asante, who I met through my local CIPD branch and who lives around the corner from me. So I'm lucky to have seen firsthand just how much work, passion and effort has been put into making the HRI a valuable resource for independent HR professionals. And that brings us to the end of the 3E model. I really hope that it's been a helpful episode and that it's given you lots of ideas that you can go ahead and try out to progress your career. I'll put links to all of the resources and people and websites that I've mentioned in the show notes so that you can easily access them. If you're not sure what the show notes are, basically where you're listening to the podcast, if you're listening to it on your phone, just scroll down on your phone on the page that the podcast is on and you'll see that there are notes underneath it. So that's where you'll find all of the links. And one thing to mention before I leave you is that there is an important step to take before you start using the 3E model and putting your ideas into action. And that step is to put some careful thought into what it is that you want from your career so that you can identify areas of development and then you can make a plan to plug any skills and knowledge gaps that you have. Otherwise, there can be a danger of taking a more haphazard, not really thought through approach. And although, of course, you'll still make progress if you're doing stuff from this 3E model, actually, if you have more of a plan in place, it means that you're more likely to make the progress that you want more quickly. And of course, if you would like to have any coaching to help you figure out a path or a way forward for your career, I'd love to help. So you can always get in touch with me through my website, which is brightskycareercoaching.co.uk, or just feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, I'd be hugely grateful if you'd be kind enough to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, as this helps encourage Apple to show the podcast to more people who haven't heard of it before. Thank you so much, and I'll be back again next week with an interview episode, and hopefully sounding less like I've got a horrendous cold. Bye for now.